And we are live. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another hotel, Hotelier Net Tech Talk Travel World Panel live session. Uh, Henry, hi. How are you doing? Great to see you. Hey, Andre. It's my uh, my first time uh, on a panel with you, so I'm looking forward to it. It is indeed. It's fantastic to have you here and great to have you joining us today. We've also got uh, Catherine Murphy joining us. Catherine is the owner at the Murphy Hotel in Dublin. Catherine, lovely to have you joining us. Thanks for being here. Thanks for inviting me, Andre. Lovely to, to be included. Wonderful. And of course, uh, Max Starkov. Max, uh, based out of New York, is uh, obviously a hospitality and online travel tech consultant and panel champ on, on Hospitality Net. So, Max, lovely to have you joining us as well. Thanks for being here. My pleasure. And last but not least, we have Mika Estes Green. Uh, Mika is the founder and CEO and president at Madebot. Uh, and a very, uh, I think, uh, relevant person for today's conversation. And Mika, great to have you here. Thanks for joining. Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited for the conversation. Excellent, excellent. So today's session is our second one with uh, the Hospitality Net World panel, and this one's all about robots and the robotics aspect of our industry. And the question that uh, Max posed to the world panel essentially is, you know, are robots coming to a hotel near you anytime soon? Um, before we get into that, though, I'll just recap on Max's uh, post on the, on the post that he wrote, because it's quite an interesting one in that a recent University of Houston report on robotics and hospitality claims that by 2030, over a quarter of hospitality jobs are going to be replaced by robots. Next-gen technology will undoubtedly replace mundane, repetitive and dangerous jobs in hospitality performed by housekeepers, porters and baggage handlers, concierge, security guards, line cooks, room service, attendants, bartenders, waiters, etc. Some hoteliers are even claiming that hospitality is an industry of people serving people and robots will be playing only a marginal role. Others citing the high labour costs, which consult as much as 50 to 84% of overall hotel costs in this low travel demand and low occupancies era that we're currently facing. So the prediction is that robots will be replacing humans in all dangerous and repetitive tasks uh, at a property level. So uh, Max, I know you're, you very have a very strong opinion on this, but I think before I come to you and ask you about this, I'd like to uh, bring the first question to actually Mika, given that Mika is representing an actual robotics firm here, which is great. And Mika, in your uh, feedback or in your panel post, you mentioned that, uh, you know, the, given the combination of labor issues being at an all-time high, technology costs being at an all-time low, and society's growing openness to adopt robotics and artificial intelligence technologies, that robotics will hit every industry, including ours. Uh, so in reality, there are huge labor shortages deemed for a labor crisis. Now, I found this quite interesting in your post. You said that in reality, there are huge labor shortages deemed a labor crisis by many in the industry, which has created massive challenges for operators. At the end of 2019, the AHLA reported that there were nearly a million open roles in hospitality in the U.S. alone. So, uh, Mika, before we, oh, sorry, and you also said, that said, robotics have reached a point of technological and financial feasibility to help bridge the labour gap. So I'd like to perhaps, if you could get started by, do you, perhaps giving us some examples that you could cite that might be helpful for the audience to better understand what you mean by that as a reference point? 
Yeah, absolutely. And uh, examples of, of some of the labor shortages or uh, of robot use cases? Both, actually, if you could, that'd be yeah. great. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so yeah, thanks for citing some of that, that data. And, and I found that really fascinating. And in the conversations that we've had with certain operators, um, every time we kind of have, you know, like really tried to understand the problems, uh, labor shortages come up and then they really do describe it as a labor crisis. Uh, it's become increasingly difficult to attract and retain staff. Uh, and, you know, pre-COVID, like, like you mentioned, there's about a million open positions. Uh, and then with COVID, you would think um, based on kind of unemployment uh, and some of the labor issues, you know, today, uh, it, it would actually be able to help support that and, and help bridge that gap. Uh, but what they're starting to see now is uh, that problem and that gap is actually increasing. Uh, and many rheumatonists, for example, on the housekeeping side, uh, might, you know, might have started working for Amazon, like at distribution centers or other areas, um, or have shifted into other industries or uh, even retired because the average age of rheumatonists, for example, is 60 years old uh, in the U.S. So, um, so I'd say overall, you know, that's, that's definitely a big systemic or, or like societal issue uh, and shift that's just getting worse. Um, so room attendance is one example. Another example uh, that I've heard is uh, in the in kitchens, actually, like uh, prep, chef, prep chefs, as well as just uh, cooks in general, uh, are really difficult to fill and actually kind of the second uh, most challenging in the industry. So I think those are two big ones. Uh, mm -hmm. And then just in general, the industry, you know, has challenges with attracting and retaining staff. So um, so you're starting to see, you know, use cases in the housekeeping, like what we're doing uh, with commercial floor cleaning. Uh, to start and then also in uh, cooking whether it relates to like actually cleaning dishes uh, or some of the things associated with you know prepping the food as well um, so I'd say those are two kind of core examples and then you see other robots out there as well uh, like the relay robot by Savio which is doing you know delivery to the rooms uh, is a big one I know IBM came out with kind of more of a concierge robot uh, using Watson so some, those are some of the key examples that I've seen. Yeah. Okay, great. I have one more question for you before I move on to Catherine. Uh, apart from your own, you have a robot that you've designed and that you're actually executing out now called Rosie, if I'm correct. Yep. Yeah. Correct. So apart from your own Rosie robot, let's say, what other, in your opinion, what other realistic robots could hotels implement today that they can actually go to and say, I'm going to use this robot for that service or for that purpose? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, in terms of the ones that I'm familiar with that are out, that are actually being scaled up, uh, I mentioned the relay, so like delivery. So um, if a guest, for example, needs a toothbrush or something to their room, uh, so that's more kind of based on guest needs and more directly front of house. Uh, another one is is like the tug, uh, which does delivery uh, back of house. So, you know, could deliver like linens to the room attendants uh, and is essentially kind of like a delivery robot. Um, could also technically be used front of house, but is more used back of house. Uh, and then our robot, Rosie, which is, you know, cleaning commercial floors, we focus on vacuuming and data collection, uh, and that's being used as well. So to my knowledge, those are kind of the three core ones that I'd say that are actually out there and being used and being scaled up. Um, and of course, you know, more are coming uh, as well. Yeah, for so. sure, for sure. Okay, so Catherine, after hearing everything that Mika has just uh, gone through in terms of what's practically available today as the hotelier representing uh the audience uh, what what's your opinion on that is this something that you believe that could be implemented into your hotel would i'd like to hear your thoughts as well please sure um i mean i suppose from my perspective anything that makes things better is always good so it's it's you know you see a lot of technology 
that's kind of technology for technology's sake. It's not really adding anything. But of course, like, I mean, Roomba is a huge thing in, in domestically. Everybody can understand how that can work. We see it working. I can completely buy into that being a, a, a great technology for in a hotel. Uh, I think I think there's a lot of people talk about robots and they get kind of caught up in this idea of, uh, you know, the Hena Hotel and you're going to be greeted by CP3O's cousin and, and so on. I, for me, that's kind of missing the point. I think that, that technology is an enabler. There's a lot of things that can be done better, should be done better, and I think ultimately will be done better. And that will be down to how we how we use technology, how we integrate it with our uh, existing ways of operating and kind of imagine and invent new ways kind of going forward. Okay, excellent. Um, Max, to your point now, there was uh, part of the feedback within the panel that you also gave. Uh, I've highlighted a section here. The question is that will technology ever replace all humans in hospitality? Next generation technology like robots will undoubtedly replace mundane, repetitive and dangerous jobs. Um, so I'd also actually for the audience as well watching us, first of all, thanks everybody for joining us. Please leave your questions or any comments in the comment field and Leia and Jill will make sure to get them to us. Um, but I'd also like to pose this question to the audience as well and find out uh, what their comments might be or questions to, uh, to what they've heard and also Max's statement. Uh, but in, in the meantime, Max, you also said the technology will not be replacing anytime soon highly qualified hospitality jobs requiring people skills, warm customer service, quick out-of-the-box decision-making and handling of customer and operational issues. Um, I, I kind of like to play devil's advocate here and, and some would argue that housekeepers, porters and concierge are positions that in today's hotel still do add some value through customer skills and obviously warm customer service. So these roles that still have access to guests and at times can play an important role to the overall customer journey. Um, so I'm not personally from my side, I don't know how, and I'd love to hear from uh, Mika on this as well, I don't know how robots will be able to replace that component anytime soon. So really, what do you think is a realistic timeline when technology is advanced enough to take these roles from, from people? Um, Max, would you like to comment on that? Yeah, uh, listen. First of all, uh, Catherine mentioned the Henana Hotel in, in Japan, which went overboard uh, by replacing practically all humans with 368 robots. Uh, and uh, I would say very soon they, they, they found out that uh, robots cannot replace humans one-to-one -one and 100%. Uh, one, I would say, one of the biggest uh, issues that they found is that robots are not able to function when it's raining. Mm -hmm. And uh, all of those uh, porters and uh, concierges and so forth, uh, meet and greet type of robots that, uh, that uh, help people from, from arriving cars or buses and so forth, or, or taxi cabs, uh, exposed to the constant rain there, uh, that in this part of Japan, and uh, they just broke down. Uh, so what they mean is that, and uh, actually, uh, Henana from 368 robots uh, uh, fired half of them, uh, and you know, and replaced them by humans. So that, that's that's the end of the story there. But I believe that when we talk about the robots, 
we cannot study or discuss only robots without automation, without next-gen technologies like uh, IoT, for example, and Internet of Things devices, like uh, automation or artificial intelligence. And the main reason is that robots, at this point, they cannot replace humans one-to-one. -one. They can uh, they can do certain tasks, but they cannot do a full job of a human. And for example, housekeeping, where uh, Maidbot is, and Maidbot has, is doing excellent, I would say, part of the tasks, which is the, the floor cleaning, for example, but the Maidbot cannot do the beds. So what I mean is that a uh, uh, housekeeping uh, job consists of over 100 tasks. We will see automation. We will see uh, robots like Maidbot do certain tasks out of these 100 tasks. But I don't see a robot coming anytime soon that can do all 100 tasks. And the same applies to, to kitchens. The same applies to, uh, I would say, to, to front desk and so forth. So certain tasks will be done by by robots, certain tasks will be done by automation, uh, certain tasks will be done by, uh, again, artificial intelligence uh, and IoT devices and so forth. But a Henana like a uh, fully robotic hotel is in the, I would say, not in the next 10 years, uh, at least, simply because technology is not there yet. And yeah. we are talking about <clears throat> not full robotization, we're talking about Cobots, which is cooperative, uh, uh, collaborative robots. Cobots that work hand in hand with humans. That's yeah. the, at least the next 10, 10 to, to 20 years. Uh, and uh, in this sense, especially highly qualified uh, uh, jobs, I don't see them being replaced anytime soon by, by robots. That's, that's obvious. Uh, as, far, uh, as far as the repetitive jobs, the mundane jobs, I mean, let, let's put it this way. In New York City, a housekeeper, Catherine, that's interesting for you, makes $47 an hour. There are lawyers in Nebraska that make less than that. And because they're unionized, uh, they're, you know, they can do only a certain number of rooms per day because of the union contract. Uh, $47 an hour is, uh, you know, the, I would say the, the cost per uh, housekeeper. Believe me, automation and robots will replace them. Will replace yeah. them. There's no doubt in my mind. Catherine, do and, you have any comments to that? Or? Um, well, I suppose it goes back to what I said. Anything that can be done better with a different process, I think will be improved on. And I think there's something as well that it's not necessarily completely related to robots, but I think that it's gonna become a huge thing is kind of self-service. And mm -hmm. because, you know, when it comes to, we can all order an Uber, you can see when the car is gonna arrive, you can be ready for it, you can pay for it without having to go through a big process. Why are you going to want to have to pick up the phone, ring front desk, ask them to call you a taxi and so on? When things become easier for us to do ourselves, we're naturally going to want to do that. And I think hotels kind of 
need to be cognizant of that and kind of understand that, you know, it's, it's not even a, a good thing or a bad thing. It just is a thing because we're so used to this kind of new way of doing things. We're, we're much more autonomous. We, you know, I think mm -hmm. I saw somebody put up a comment even about a concierge. Um, I wouldn't yeah. quite, I still think the hotel has a, has a role to provide in terms of providing information that's on brand, you know, that kind of really bring, you know, if you know who your customer is, you know what places they're going to like. You're not going to get that on TripAdvisor. It's it's too big. So you, you're kind of, your role is as a funnel to kind of filter this information and, and put it out. But again, I think that there's a lot of ways that that can be done digitally, whether that's, you know, through your website, through an app, through a bot, through through live chat, you know, through a person who's sitting at a desk or at the end of a phone, whatever way it is, there are so many ways of filtering out information to people these days. And I think that that's, that's the key thing is, is just to really have this understanding of how people travel, how they want to travel and to really kind of rethink everything and, and find a better way. You know, is it automated? Is it just presenting information in a way that people are going to be able to digest it, get it on their own terms? You know, there's another comment here. I'm not sure who it's by because it just comes up as LinkedIn user. But um, if, you, if you're watching, I apologize. I can't get your name. It says robots require a lot of basic assistance and will continue to do so. And the jobs that will be transformed from janitorial to robotics operator. In addition, the goal is not to replace jobs, but to replace the tasks to vacate time for high value tasks and customer experience. I mm -hmm. tend to agree with that one very much uh, in that sense, um, because I also feel that even through the introduction of robots, um, and uh, Henry, I don't know if you wanted to add to this, but through the introduction of robots that will actually be looking to hire humans in other areas that will be needed and that will be more effective. Um, Henry, do you want to add anything to that? Well, I, what I would like to ask Mika basically is, is because I also saw other questions coming in about actual use cases, you know, is, is to ask Mika, you know, if, if, if Mika goes and, and talks to a hotelier, you know, how does he explain the use case from a financial perspective? And, and has he seen any setbacks, you know, in, 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 in turning all of this idea of robotics, uh, floor cleaning by robots into reality? Has there been any, any what are the side effects? What are, what are the pushbacks that you saw in your, in your mind? Yeah, for sure. That's a good question. So, um, so yeah, it's say starting with kind of the value prop and you know what's intriguing these operators. Uh, it's it goes back to that labor side of things, right? That really core issue. And then I, I think I see someone uh, posted a question of like after the recent you know workforce reductions, hotel will need to rehire uh, as the economy recovers. So so what we're starting to hear now is uh, a lot around that uh, around you know rehiring and having to build out that workforce again, uh, which is not an easy task. It's not an overnight you know, solution and, and being able to ramp that up. So uh, essentially catching back up with the demand uh, through the labor side is a really key, key one right now. Um, I think another one is, you know, looking at with, especially with COVID, uh, cleaning times have gone up in general, right? And uh, the actual touch points, the responsibilities, the tasks involved uh, have increased because of the sanitization, disinfection, uh, you know, increasing the actual touch points as well um, for those room attendants. So, you know, whatever that they can do to essentially try and reduce that time or bring it back to where it was um, is key because, you know, again, going back to the labor side and, and then how that impacts the cost. So um, I'd say there's definitely, you know, the financial piece involved with the labor side. Uh, and then, you know, with COVID, there's that consistency and the safety piece. Um, and, and just in general, I'd say, 
uh, there's some issues in, you know, with housekeeping in particular uh, related to entry rates, which also contribute to some of those you know, workforce challenges. So, so those are some of the key um, you know, actual value proposition uh, with really that ROI and the efficiency piece being the core, uh, I'd say, for these operators. And then in terms of pushback, um, I think you know, it really depends on, on the type of property, how they're set up. Um, but you know, this is brand new. So I think there's uh, a lot of excitement uh, and we're seeing a lot of groups that you know are wanting to try robots and, and get out there, uh, but it is still so new. So I think um, I, I don't know if this is like directly answering your question, but I think just a general sense of uh, you know trust but verify, uh, and really being able to get that data, get it out there, and, and see you know what's going on in like a pilot uh, or deployment setting is is really critical. So um, I'd say that kind of piece and just really making sure that that you know, those, those technologies can be integrated properly. Uh, I'd say another challenge has just been like the integration piece in itself, actually, uh, how long it takes to actually get robots in, integrated in property. So uh, something we're spending a lot of time thinking about, but uh, from an operator standpoint, they don't want to have, you know, spend months to integrate for one property, especially if let's say they have 120. Um, so I think thinking about scale uh, and thinking about that user experience too for the actual end user and the setup. Um, are you know challenges and things that uh, have to be overcome both you know for us but also in general in the industry. Okay. Uh, can I can I add another question, Andre? Yeah, please, please go ahead, Henry. So, so, so I'm just trying to think practically. So, so Mika, so the robots, do you sell the actual pieces of hardware, or are hotels leasing them? Um, what are the, 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 the weak points of, of robot? I'm just trying to be a hotelier, understand, you know, I'm, I'm going to use this technology. What, what can I expect? And how do you actually deliver the gain of efficiency? How do you deliver that information back to the hotelier? How do I, as a hotelier, know that I made the right choice in using your product? Yeah, for sure. That's a good question. And yeah, that's a really good point. Um, I didn't touch on that in terms of challenges, but uh, I'd say business model and price point are definitely things that are really big focus areas, of course, for uh, operators. So for us, we do a lease model. So it's robots as a service. Um, so we're not straight out selling the hardware, but it's more of kind of like a software as a service model uh, where we provide the robots, provide consumable parts, the service, all, everything included uh, for essentially like a lease fee uh, over the course of a couple of years. Um, so that's really the model. Uh, for us, and, and I think really is, you know, pretty common now, uh, is becoming more commonplace. There's some groups that, you know, offer the sale, but what we're what we're hearing is that operators like to see uh, that ROI sooner. Um, it's more on the OPEX side, and really this is operational, right, versus like capital, you know, it is, yes, like technically kind of a machine, uh, but it's focusing more on that labor side and more of the operational side. So, um, so the OPEX model has worked really well. Um, and yeah, I'd say that, um, that piece in itself can pose a challenge. Uh, but, you know, going back to your second question, like how do we prove that? Uh, we're tracking, you know, data very, uh, very clearly uh, in terms of our deployment. So looking at things like credits, number of credits um, for room attendance and things like that. So before deploying Rosie and then after Rosie, uh, what does that look like? How does that impact the time per room? How does that impact their ability to uh, in terms of number of credits and things like that. So that's one factor. Uh, and then there's qualitative, like, you know, actually getting the room attendance feedback. Do you prefer using Rosie over your Windsor sensor vacuum, for example? Uh, and getting that sort of feedback is, you know, a very simple question, but uh, helps, you know, align with kind of that 
uh, work quality as well as their willingness to adopt. Because at the end of the day, uh, you could have a great robot that you know could save millions of dollars, but then if you don't have the end users willing to use it, uh, well then it's it's not going to do any good. So um, hopefully that answers your question. Thank you, thank you, Mika. Yeah, and just, by the way, I, I think that sorry, I think that no, the, the subscription model or as leasing as uh, uh, as Mika uh, called it, the subscription model uh, overcomes one of the greatest fears that managers and owners have uh, in adopting this new technology because uh, you know the the fear is that who would take care of it? I don't have the, the personnel to, you know, to train personnel. I have to hire engineers. I have to hire this and that. So that's why when you provide the full package, and this is what's happening in, in the industry. I mean, if you start from the uh, the automated burger uh, robot uh, creator, you know, in San Francisco, for example, or all of the other picnic, the, the pizza making, uh, robot, uh, it's all it comes with the full package. We come, we install it, we service it, we train the personnel how to how to use it. And again, if anything happens, here's the number that you call, or here is the you know online uh, help desk and so forth. So in this sense, that's the uh, I would say the biggest obstacle is this fear of new technology, which uh, exists in the industry uh, simply because. General managers and owners, owners know that they don't have the, you know, the, the trained personnel to, to deal with it. Also, if, if something goes wrong, you need it fixed now, not tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. You're reliant on, on a robot to do something that a person used to do, and then the robot breaks down and you don't have the part. Like, you know, yeah. there's, no, there's no use saying computer says no, like, we need that fixed. <laughs> well, and it's also, also having the, the skilled labour to fix the robot are available as well. That's <laughs> no. So that's why robot goes hand in hand with providing training, providing the ongoing maintenance, uh, providing the service. I mean, that's there's no there's no doubt, and that's why the subscription model is uh, is the way to go. Which uh, especially now when uh, capital uh, expenses are highly limited, yeah. if you will, because of the budgetary issues. Uh, that's that's the way to go. Great, great. Uh, Max, we have a question for you from uh, one of our audience, Johnny Miller. The question is, the key to automation robotics is cobotics, as you mentioned. For major cities where unionized labor is common, he is asking you, how do you believe hoteliers can manage innovation adoption concerns with the unions? Well, this is uh, a huge issue. I would say Apart from a reluctance of uh, owners and managers to invest in new technology, I, I mean, let's put it this way. Hospitality, unfortunately, we have become, from a real estate industry, we have become a financial industry. Because if you look at the composition of, Catherine, no, no uh, offense here, the composition of ownership is primarily financial companies financial, uh, huge financial organizations. Uh, so we could become a financial industry where the bottom line matters more than anything else. So that's one of the impediments, I would say, to, to the adoption of uh, robotics, uh, automation, uh, and all the next-gen uh, technologies. But I would say even a bigger uh, headwind comes from 
the unions. Because unions hate losing even a single job, even a single position at a particular hotel. And again, we're talking about... Uh, so the way that... Uh, the way that this is done is, first of all, if, if the hotel is a non-unionized hotel, which there are many hotels that are non-unionized, non, non then this problem doesn't exist. But in the major metropolitan areas, especially in the United States, where all of the uh, hospitality workers are unionized, especially the ones that will be replaced, the ones that do the mundane jobs, that do the you know all of these, uh, uh, I would say, repetitive and dangerous jobs uh, like uh, housekeepers, they unionize, uh, it will be a struggle. It will be a major fight. And uh, I think that uh, owners will, you know, and managers will have to, will have to, will, will have to fight the fight, if you will. Uh, mm -hmm. For example, introducing uh, robots as a helper, as improving the quality of work, for example, and so forth. And then over time, through attrition, uh, not through direct layoffs, uh, through attrition and so forth. Uh, very naturally, uh, technology will will replace some of of those uh, unionized workers. Uh, and, but it's inevitable. I mean, the unions. Listen, the Luddites back in uh, early 19th century in in England. These were the people that uh, that uh, rejected any technology because it, it was replacing humans. They burn down factories and so forth, and uh, you know they try to stop the industrial revolution. We saw that uh, they failed, and the same thing will be the unions. The unions will fail in stopping the advances of technology. It's simple as that. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Um, uh, perhaps a question here for you, uh, Mika, from uh, Laszlo Keely. He's asking, could you give us an R on ROI numbers? For the room cleaning scenarios, do you have any off the top of your head that you might be able to share? Yeah, so I think just um, real quick in, in terms of kind of case studies and actual deployments we've done, uh, we've deployed at different types of properties. So uh, limited service, full service, uh, working with some of the big brands and ownership groups. Um, and we essentially found that uh, deploying our robots can impact the time it takes to clean a room by you know an average of around five minutes, uh, depending on room size. It could be more, it could be less. Uh, and then that impacts number of credits. So at the end of the day, uh, being able to do anywhere from like one to three more credits in that same period of time. Um, so I'd say in terms of like monetary figures, it, it definitely depends on kind of the, you know, what you're looking at in your market, wages, things like that. Um, but those are some of the actual impact uh, figures that we have. And, and we have some case studies on our website as well, uh, madebot.com. Okay, great. Thanks. Um, Terence Ronson, great to have you joining us here from uh, from the Philippines. Thanks for tuning in. Terence is asking if a robot breaks down, is the business continuity procedure to have a human standing by to take over the process until it gets fixed? Max, what are you you're shaking your head there? What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> well, there, there should always be contingencies. I mean, the same is with uh, when you rely on, on, on front desk clerk and he gets sick. What, what do you do? I mean, you have a robot in place in the, in the, you know, in the closet so that you replace the human with a robot. Uh, any manager uh, you know, worth uh, his or, or her salt will, will have contingency in, in cases like this. So that's where signing up with the right company, with, an, with the right technology vendor, who has such contingency, uh, I would say, uh, contingency uh, plans in place, 
In the case of uh, Mika, I'm sure that uh, if uh, if a hotel, whatever hotel, uh, rents uh, 10 or 15 of the, the rosy made bots, they could be, uh, you know, an additional one just waiting in, in reserve at the hotel if something happens with one of those. So what I mean is that... Uh, uh, but humans will not be waiting in line or waiting somewhere in a in a in a rubber room in a spare room uh, for the machine to break in so that they can step in. That's 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 not that's not how it works. Uh, and it, I believe that the main uh, approach here will be similar to what uh, Rosie uh, Madebot does. They take care of a particular range of tasks, not of the full job, because simply the technology is not there. And uh, I think that the way that uh, we will see automation coming to, to the industry is by slowly, uh, sorry, not, 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 not that slowly, but uh, replacing certain tasks which uh, uh, make life easier for everybody. And in the process, of course, uh, saves uh, labor costs. For example, what Mario did uh, announced just, uh, I mean, earlier this week, actually, or last week, uh, with all of these uh, contactless uh, type of kiosks, uh, self-service kiosks, uh, which on top of that are self-cleaning, self-disinfecting uh, using uh, UVC lighting. Uh, I mean, this is uh, truly an example how the industry is, is moving forward. Mm -hmm. uh, anytime that you introduce, for example, uh, self-service uh, ordering in a restaurant, in a fast food restaurant, self-serving, uh, self-ordering kiosk, it pays for itself in three months. And then you need half of the of the staff at the restaurant. You simply don't need them. And it's not that you fire them; you simply don't hire them because you cannot find them anyway. I mean, in, in the United States today, we are still. We are again talking, Mika, going back to your word, to your uh, initial statement. We are talking about labor shortage in hospitality. Huge labor shortage as we speak today. Because the economy is booming, hospitality is booming already, 57% occupancy rate uh, the last uh, week, for example, average in the United States. Uh, and uh, hotels are trying to hire, restaurants are trying to hire, uh, restaurants are open everywhere. And there's nobody to be hired. So robots will be coming, automation will be coming, self-service uh, kiosks will be coming, uh, new machines that, uh, that do, you know, that uh, produce 300 pizzas an hour, for example, robots uh, like Picnic, uh, create uh, burger uh, robots that produce 130 uh, burgers, custom burgers that you order via, your, via an app, and you select all the different uh, uh, components yourself, 300, 130 of those per hour. So what I mean is that those machines are coming, and they're coming uh, strong, and the, the main, I would say, driver is lack of uh, uh, labor shortages and uh, labor costs. So let me put this to, to perhaps Catherine as well. I mean... Max, you're saying that it's coming, it's coming. I think everybody agrees with you there. 
in fact, I would also say to that, robots have actually been with us now for some time. This isn't um, this isn't a new uh, area of uh, technology that hotels have 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 had access to. And a good example is, um, you know, a loft hotels. I think the first robot that they introduced was about six years ago, and that was to yeah, deliver fourteen, nineteen, yeah, fourteen. Yeah. Exactly. So I guess, um, Catherine, a question for you as the hotelier. Um, what, if any, robotics are you looking to introduce into your hotel? What What do you feel would be a practical access or a practical use case for for robots in your environment today? Well, anything that works <laughs> is the first thing. I mean, I can I can Maybot seems like a very interesting technology. I certainly look at in terms of cleaning. Something I'm very interested in. I'm, I'm seeing a lot of people talking about UV robots which like have to be lugged from room to room. To me, this yeah. seems very onerous. I'm very interested in any kind of, anything that can be built in and automated. And um, so I've seen, I think, for example, there's one company um, that now you can get a, a light that's built into the room that will automate automatically check with a sensor if there's someone in the room or not, and then UV comes on and it can sanitize the room. That kind of technology to me is really smart. You know, it can be automated, it's safe, you're not adding another thing that you're having to kind of do. It's just something that can be built into your system. It, it happens. That seems to me, for especially for things like lifts or for any kind of height contact spaces, potentially even rooms, that seems like a no-brainer. If you can get it to, in particular, if you can get it to work with your PMS or, and your access control system and it all kind of forms this nice little happy virtuous circle, that's something I'm very interested in. And um, anything that can kind of improve on safety for guests you know so i mean i know that in for example in a, an airport they'll have cctv systems that track luggage around uh, the airport so that you know that if anyone's abandoned their luggage that that's a that's a safety issue you can imagine that in a hotel if there's something blocking an emergency exit you get an alert it's moved or if someone hasn't come out of a bathroom in a certain amount of time you get an alert somebody should go and check on it you know there are things like that they're not necessarily robots but they're things that are kind of going to be making it a safer and more hygienic and in, in an automated way i think that's the kind of stuff that i'm mm. following i'm interested in uh, i'm not so interested in a in a, a you know a humanoid robot sitting at reception right. i think um what was i thinking of there there was um the whole thing of online check-in i think all these online check-in kiosks are great but I, I don't understand why there's not more focus on doing that before you even get to the hotel. Yeah. I don't like that. Mobile chickens, yeah. You know, it's, it's another step. I don't want to get into a queue for a kiosk, you know? <laughs> it's like, if I want to go, I want to have that done. I want to arrive at the hotel. I want to know what room I'm in and I want to go straight there. And if there's a nice friendly person at reception that I want to have a chat with, great. But it's, I think this kind of idea of, of checking in for me, there's, there's two things. There's, there's transferring information and then there's a welcome. And I think that they need to be separated into two distinct things. And um, I think with regard to that, I think that this whole idea of self-sovereign and kind of decentralized identity, I think that's gonna be huge. And the idea that we're gonna have to, like at the moment, data is such a huge thing. I think that I can see a time in the future, it's not gonna happen overnight though, but we're gonna have this whole frictionless check-in when you've got your passport details you just kind of share that with the hotel before you arrive. You don't have to go through all this this onerous exchange of information. I think that's going to be a big thing. And um, the list goes on. I think it's exciting. Yeah. 
Henry, anything you want to add here? Any questions you want to put to the panel? Well, I, I wanted to ask uh, Catherine a multiple choice question, but but you already basically asked the question, you know. So, so Catherine, you can only give one answer. You know, you can only choose one option. Is it going to be the pizza robot, the luggage deposit robot, the vacuum cleaner robot, or the room service delivery robot? If it will be any of those four, which one would it be for you? Um, well, I don't think we. I don't know. Luggage, luggage food, um, well, luggage cleaning. If you wanted to do that right now, you don't need a robot to do that. I think I think that's an example of going too high tech for something that can be solved with a much more low tech kind of solution. If you really want to have a self-service luggage store, you can do that in the morning. Um, I think delivery robots for room service, I have nervousness about them breaking down. That seems like a lot of moving parts for a limited benefit. Um, I think, you know, I mean, making, making pizzas, I'm kind of, I like pizzas. <laughs> I'd like to be able to, to design my own pizza and have it, but you know, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want uh, a robot making a, a fine dining experience for me in particular, but you know, I could, I could do a robot pizza. <laughs> So, so we'll be cleaning then. No? Yeah, picnic. So uh, I recommend picnic. Go with picnic. Okay, I'll go with picnic. Well, cleaning is interesting, but again, like I mean, Maybot seems to be the perfect execution of that. Uh, I mean, Max was saying earlier that these kind of things are going to be incremental. I, I find it hard to imagine a scenario where a robot goes into a room and is able to do all of the things that are necessary to clean, restock remake the bed, deal with all the linen. I mean, it's just, it's, it's an incredibly complex uh, ballet that happens um, yeah. when turning over a room. I think, you know, certainly there will be, there will be processes and, and automations and, and technologies that are going to make that more efficient, uh, less dangerous for staff. And, you know, even like at the moment, everyone's so fixated on, on cleaning rooms at the moment. And, I'm not a fan of all these electrostatic sprayers. I just think you're spraying chemicals on everything. I don't think anyone wants that. I do see UV as a... Yeah, as UVC a, lighting, UVC lighting. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's the way forward. Yeah. Um, so I, I absolutely buy into that as a technology that that everybody should be looking at. Um, oh, I think... Or, um, please, you know, Apple, please, Tom, um, Tim Cook, if you're watching, uh, please, please, please let us have... Uh, um, Apple Wallet open to NFC for opening doors. That would yeah. be my, my biggest wish. And um, if, if there was any kind of technology, I'd like to see that would be it. I think it would really, from an environment, just even from an environmental point of view, why are we replacing all these locks in all these hotels when, when it could work in the morning and yeah. better and more secure and quicker? Okay, great. Uh, Andre, can I ask yeah. another question to Max? Please, Henry, go ahead, go ahead. So I, I always love the articles from Max in which he delivers advice and point by point. So my question now to Max would be, you know, if, if I would be the average hotelier, independent hotelier, and I would be interested to, you know, to consider using robotics, you know, what would be your top three recommendations to a hotelier? What should he do? First of all... Uh contactless experience which it doesn't necessarily include robots uh, but uh, the, the full mobility from uh, booking to the advance uh, uh, check-in Catherine mentioned that, that you don't need a self-checking kiosk to do that where you input all of your information 
uh, there are many companies that, that do that. Uh, issuing of mobile key, opening the room with your with your smartphone. So the whole, uh, I would say, uh, contact ex experience, not, not, not just check-in. We talk about contact check-in, and that's where many hotels end. No, that's only the beginning. What about communicating with staff through your own smartphone, mm -hmm. messaging, and so forth? Uh, so contactless uh, experience at the hotel, this is the first thing that I would uh, work on as we speak today. The second is uh, definitely I will look, if, if we have uh, F&B, I will look at, uh, at automating uh, many of the, you know, the, I would say the, the line cooks, uh, the line chefs, all of the, uh, you know, you have burger uh, robots, you have Flippy, uh, the burger and uh, fries uh, robots and so forth. I will try to, to automate that. Uh, or I will just fire my, my celebrity chef and I will open a pizza with, with, with a pizza robot, if you will, uh, <laughs> nowadays. Uh, but the main thing is the following. You have to keep the human facade at the hotel. So when the guest arrives, they have to see a human, not a robot like Hena, Hena and I in, in Japan. Uh, when you communicate, you have to see a human on the other end. But behind the, the curtains, you should strive to automate uh, and to make more efficient uh, the hotel operations, the communications, and so forth, uh, which uh, outside of the uh, I would say direct contact with with the guests, and you know there there are many I would say uh, hoteliers that that I have spoken uh, with, and then they say, well, we are a human industry, human serving other humans. Yeah, but when you go to a hotel, how many humans do you have contact with? How many? You don't see housekeepers, and actually, if you see housekeepers, that's bad operations. You shouldn't see housekeepers. Uh, they said, yeah, but uh, if you introduce uh, like a robot uh, uh, bartender like the Tipsy in New York City or in Vegas or in London, uh, which, by the way, the Tipsy re replaces four bartenders and cuts uh, uh, spillage, uh, drink spillage uh, by 25%. So it's, it pays for itself within, within the first few months of operation. Uh, you know... Um, I cannot talk to uh, to the robot bartender. Who talks to bartenders today? Who I do. To, when was the last time when you, when you spoke with a bartender? And by the way, what topic did you discuss with the bartender? <laughs> Come on, guys, let's 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 get serious here. So, so what I mean is that Catherine, people, yeah, please, Catherine, you wanted to. So quite often, people people uh, find excuses not to not to consider, I would say, automation or, or, or in this case, uh, robots in certain functions uh, because they cling to the, the old notion that, oh, humans are better to, uh, you know, when you talk to them and when you discuss them. The main thing is that we have stopped talking to many humans. That's what it is. And at the hotel, when you go to a hotel, you see how many of the staff? Catherine yeah. can give us the answer. I do, on the subject of communication, I just wanted to make a point, just in case anyone is listening. There's a huge, huge issue with sharing information between all the different systems that hoteliers use. And um, so there needs to be, and somebody needs to build 
a uh, content management system for content management systems. When you've got a situation where you're communicating with people, with you're, you're sharing the same information, you have to input it into the chatbot system, you have to input it into your you know, saved messages at the receptions, you use it for emails, maybe you're gonna use it for voice, maybe you're gonna have it on your website, you know, maybe you're gonna have it in a, in a free arrival email. But if, if you've got all these different channels that you're communicating with, with guests through, and then in one place, I mean, for example, in Dublin, the, the taxi app that everybody uses has changed its name three times in five years or something. It's crazy. But if you want to just have that piece of information in all of these different content management systems and you have to go in and change that, or if you want to recommend a restaurant that's a local restaurant and you're using your chatbot to recommend it, you're using it in a, I don't know, on a tablet in the room, they all have completely different content management systems. And I think it's a massive disincentive to do remote contactless customer service really well when it's just so overcomplicated and so impossible to like information is is not static it's always moving it always needs to be changed and right now it seems to me that there's absolutely no way of managing that and i think that's a huge issue for hoteliers who are trying to do uh remote uh or even just digital uh customer service well that it's it's too complex it's it's just it's not a sustainable kind of situation um, and I think that's why we rely on on front desk and concierges and so so on because the, basically the more of this information that you create, the bigger of a problem you give yourself because you have to then manage it in all these ways. Anyway, rant over. Thank you, thank you, Catherine. One other question for you from uh, Scott Dahl from uh, La Roche. He's asking, would you allow Uber Eats or Domino's Pizzas to put a robot at your front door uh, to facilitate contact contactless delivery direct to guest rooms? Um, I'd certainly have that conversation. Uh, I'd be, I'd be very particular about what brand food I would let into my property because it's representing me at the end of the day, you know, like you, you're, you need to stand over whatever it is that you're offering, even though it's, you're not necessarily in the directly there, but I'd certainly be open to, I, I, I think people are, you we're used to, if you think you used to go to a hotel and you get a better experience than you have at home, you know, in a lot of ways that's been flipped now. So I'm used to being able to sit at home and I can order from 200 restaurants. You know, if I want this particular thing, I can have that. So I think, yeah, maybe if you're staying in a hotel, you're going to want that. But then I wouldn't just be like, yeah, Domino's can be my pizza. You know, it, yeah. would, be, it would be a curated probably selection or it would be everything. And then it's... Yeah. You'd have to you'd have to think about quite carefully how you how you do that. But I tend to agree because you wouldn't want it to impact on your brand, if, especially if you're working very hard to have that brand represented at a certain level. Which kind of leads into this next question as well a little bit, and that is, um, do you think that robots will be deployed deployed majorly through economy or budget to mid market hotels rather than upper scale, upper class luxury brands? Um, I have, I have an opinion on that. I actually left it in the comments as well in Henry's panel. But I'd like, uh, perhaps, Catherine, would you like to start on that one? And Because I think from, from your perspective, your brand is is achieving, try, trying to achieve, a, let's say, above upper, upper, well, upper scale level. Is that correct? I, I suppose my idea of luxury isn't the traditional idea of luxury. It's a more relaxed kind of, you know, it's just a new, I suppose it's a newer kind of luxury, you know, mm -hmm. um, in that I'd, I'd like to think that we 
have an attitude and, and, and the, things are nice. But yeah, so I mean, but back to the question. Yeah, I see it everywhere, though. I mean, I can't see how you're not going to have it everywhere. You know, my my six-year-old son, I'm not going to say the word out loud because it'll pop to life on my desk here, you know, uses voice all the time. Um, it's just normal for him. I think that's these technologies that are all around us in our house. We all use apps to navigate the city. Like, I can't imagine life without Google Maps anymore, you know. Back in the day when you had, like, the, the map in your car, it's kind of pouring over it, trying to figure out your 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 route. Everything, everything we do is is technology these days. And I think that hotels have to be a part of that and and yeah. recognize that and give people give it to people. Let people have what they want, essentially. And um, so I can't imagine that that's going to be any different for for an, how you do it, how you navigate through that as depending on your brand will, will impact differently. But I think it's going to be everywhere. Okay, thank you. Yeah, uh, Mika, sorry, Max, I'll just I'll quickly yeah. go to Mika and ask him for his opinion on this as well. Yeah, for sure. So I uh, definitely agree with Catherine. I think um, it's you know going to be hitting everywhere. I think it's more a matter of timing of like which ones kind of see it first. And of course, with the adoption curve, there's like the innovators, the early majority, late majority laggards. Um, so from our perspective, my perspective at least, uh, what we've seen is uh, limited service um has tended and some full service uh have tended to be kind of the initial like more of the innovators the ones that you know want to start uh but now that we have case studies we have proof points we've actually deployed and, and have that credibility with some of these brands uh we're starting to see more of the luxury and you know uh upper tier segments of the industry uh really kind of come out and and reach out um so i won't mention specific brands but you can imagine like five star hotels and, and these brands uh that do that so i think it's more a matter of like um, kind of a timing thing, but you know, in the next five to ten years, I'd imagine all of these. Uh, and the one segment that we haven't spent too much time is uh, more of the kind of budget uh, area. Um, yeah. But that again, I think is you know coming down the road as well. Actually, uh, I mean the latest uh, research from uh, STR, the break-even point. It's very interesting because uh, at the current occupancy levels. Uh, High-end hotels break even at 30% occupancy, while budget and economy break even at 36%. And uh, so what they mean is that uh, uh, with, the, with the current level of occupancy, especially in Europe, I believe that uh, it, it becomes very feasible even for budget hotels to consider automating certain functions. Uh, in spite of the fact that they hire, that they need less employees and so forth. I mean, you, you can operate a, a extended stay hotel, for example, mm -hmm. with five people. That's it. Uh, you know, weekly cleaning. So, uh, you know, housekeeping once every two weeks, if it does it, the, you know, uh, the average stays two weeks and so forth. So what they mean is that I believe that uh, in budget, economy, uh, mid-scale hotels, we will be seeing more visible, I would say, presence of uh, automation, of robots, and of, of technology, while in the higher-end hotels, uh, again, technology will be behind the curtains, behind the, the human curtain, if you will. That's, that's my, my take. Yeah. And the main reason is, I mean, just imagine Mandarin Oriental, or Ritz-Carlton Hotel, 
uh, robots will not be marching in the lobby anytime soon. Believe me. They will be no. hidden behind the curtains, yeah. behind the human face, if you will. Uh, but they will be there. They will be there. There's no doubt. Yeah, yeah. And I think this this uh, this question that's on the screen now as well from, again, LinkedIn user. I'm not sure who it is, so I apologize. I can't see your name. Um, but the question at the end there is really, do you think decision-making will also be handled by robotics in the future? Um, I hope not. <laughs> Catherine, oh, what do no. you think? I, I disagree. Yeah. <laughs> especially with AI. Especially with AI. Yeah. Well, it's going to be enabled. It'll be in conjunction, isn't it? You're going, to, you're going to use AI to sort through data. You're going to be able to get access to greater insights, and you're going to be able to make your decision based on more informed positions, I think, is, is yeah. the way I kind of see it. Yeah. But I think yeah. you're going to have a person at the top of that. You know, exactly. That's that's, what, that's exactly what I wanted to get to. Yeah, that's right. And I think the reason why I said I hope not is because I think it's um, ultimately it needs to be. There's areas where um, the person-to-person -person element is so important when it comes to just understanding from an emotional perspective. Sometimes dealing with people, robots aren't able to deal and understand emotions or have empathy or anything like that. And there will be times when that's going yeah. to be necessary. So you don't want a robot making a decision around those elements that could ultimately make things worse. So that's uh, what I was trying to get at. But a robot can, can provide recommendations based on past experience and based on learned experiences. Yeah. True. Uh, and uh, the same applies to chatbots, the same applies to revenue management, for example, and so forth. I mean, we, we have had clients where they used uh, uh, a revenue management system powered by uh, artificial intelligence that came with concrete recommendations for pricing. And then humans were trying to achieve their recommendations independently from, from the revenue management system. And ultimately, our client decided to trust the revenue management system because they, they came with better solutions and better recommendations and basically replaced the whole revenue management team of 10 people, left one strategist, of course, you know, the, the most skilled ones, and uh, all of the uh, artificial intelligence recommendations, pricing recommendations were implemented uh, automatically. So what I mean is that their cases where uh, I would say the technology can make the decisions naturally, uh, there should be a human to oversee all of this. But yeah. one human as opposed to 10. The same is with, with housekeeping. Yeah. Yes, Madebots and all of the other new uh, technology that's coming, instead of 15 uh, housekeepers, you will need five. That's the next 10 years. I have a, a final question for Mika, if I may, Andre. Please, go ahead, Henry. So, Mika, uh, Matebot has been on the market for a couple of years now, I think. So, one company, one product. Um, looking under the hood of your company and your thought process, of you, what, what is going to be next? What is on your mind now as a, as a next logical application that you would like to develop? Yeah, for sure. I, I love that question of thinking about the future and next steps. So, um, so one thing is we, we closed our Series B round, uh, and our lead investor uh, was Reckit, which is the parent company of Lysol, uh, the disinfectant brand, mm -hmm. right? So I um, so can't get into the details there, but you can kind of 
uh, take some guesses as to you know things we might be working on in the future related to cleaning. Um, love your chain art. So really for us, you know, owning the cleaning side uh, is critical. And there's a lot of other areas we talked about the challenges with like, you know, in the kitchen with cooks and, and the labor crisis there and shortages there. So um, that seems to be an area like in the future, uh, kind of cooking and maybe like chef bot as an example. Uh, but today, starting with floor cleaning, owning that, uh, you know, we've we've owned kind of the vacuuming piece, now getting into other types like wet cleaning, disinfecting, uh, doing other types of cleaning that could be related to like bathroom cleaning, dusting, uh, other areas there eventually. Uh, making the beds would be fantastic. That's actually where we started, but we realized wouldn't be the best place to start from a technology uh, feasibility perspective. So, um, mm -hmm. so I'd say, you know, going down that list of, of tasks and really looking at, you know, what are the key areas that the properties can't live without? Um, so I look at innovation as like you have vitamins, which give a boost, but you can live without. You have aspirin, which solves like a headache or a pain point. Uh, and then you have oxygen, which you just can't live without. Uh, and for all of our products in the future, we want to be solving oxygen problems. You can't live without cleaning the floors. You can't live without cleaning in general. Um, so not necessarily relying on like guest behavior or other behavior, but really looking at what are those core elements within operations that, you know, must be done every single day. Um, and I think cleaning will uh, will cover that for, for a little while here. Uh, and the end goal eventually down the road, uh, what we want to do is uh, if you've ever seen the TV show, The Jetsons, uh, our vision is building out a full out humanoid robot that can do anything you or I could do or more. Uh, everyone has a smartphone today. Everyone's going to have a smart robot one day and we want to build that. So that's that's where we're headed. Um, but kind of going to Max's point, I think really it's starting with kind of that augmentation focused on specific use cases, uh, having the robots actually work together as a suite uh, and then eventually bringing that into one form factor, which is, you know, basically the human body form uh, down the road. Brilliant. Well, folks, we have uh, hit our 60-minute uh, window, and uh, I have to say the comments and the questions in today's sessions have absolutely exploded. I haven't been able to keep up with them, uh, it's, which is fantastic. I mean, the, the feedback from the audience has been tremendous. Um, what I would perhaps also ask of our panelists today, if possible, if you wouldn't mind, if for those that I have missed and that I was unable to get to after the session, go back through the comments and answer or pick up any of those questions that we may have missed, or if you could comment, I'm sure that that would be very much appreciated by those whose questions were missed. Um, yeah, Henry, would you like to have anything to, to, to add to this before we, before we uh, ask our panelists for, for final words? Well, I, I would just like to thank you, uh, Andre, for hosting this uh, this great uh, webinar. I would like to thank Catherine, Mika, Max. You know, we are building on adding our own virtual layer on top of World Panel. Uh, I think this is just a great format. So, thank you very much. Brilliant, Catherine. Any last words from yourself? Um, hi from Dublin. Come visit Dublin once you <laughs> <laughs> We'll come and stay with you, Catherine. That's for sure. My favorite uh, city in Europe. Great. That's great to hear. And Max, from yourself? Yeah. I mean, listen, I always look at the bigger picture of things. Uh, you know, the World Economic Forum forecasted that by 2030, by 2025, actually, 85 million existing jobs will be lost due to uh, robotization, uh, automation, and so forth. And in the same time, they project that 
97 million new jobs will be created exactly by automation, robotization, and next-gen technology. But where is the caveat here? The caveat is that the people who line cooks, housekeepers, front desk clerks, they're not qualified to become part of this 97 million new jobs that are created. Because the new jobs are robotic technologists, robot training and maintenance specialists. That's for, for Matebot. You know, I'm sure that these guys are hiring like crazy. Uh, all of these uh, software engineers and so forth. So a dishwasher cannot become a software engineer just overnight. So that's where education, I would say, has to step up big time, especially hospitality education. And uh, again, I mean, uh, I, say, I see that uh, Scott Dow from uh, Le Roche, Global Hospitality is here. That's why we launched uh, together with, uh, with him the uh, Global Digital Transformation course at Le Roche. I teach uh, hospitality technology at NYU uh, in New York City, and we focus on next-gen technologies because we need more in our industry. We don't need software engineers. There are plenty of people like uh, Mika outside of uh, you know vendors. There are 50,000 vendors serving the hospitality industry, but we need technologists. We need strategists. People who understand the business use of technology, and this is where uh, education in general, and especially hospitality education, is lacking big time. So that's yeah. why I think that uh, if we talk about any uh, next gen generation technologies in hospitality, we have to start with our schools. Okay, great. Thanks, Max. And uh, Mika, final words from yourself. Yeah, for sure. And, and love what Max said. So um, really, you know, on the same page in terms of what's that impact, that domino effect and like needing education and other elements uh, of society and even the government, you know, to step up to help really, you know, bridge this. But uh, in terms of my final words, I'd say, um, you know, what I tell people a lot is the 1970s and 80s were for, you know, computers. The 1990s were for the Internet. The 2020s are for robotics. Um, and I'd say this is, it, it's happening. I mean, robots have been around for decades in factories and warehouses, but finally we're starting to see these, yeah. uh, you know, come into hospitality. So it's an extremely exciting time. There's huge opportunities uh, and just, you know, as important as the robotics firms, the ones building these, uh, the operators, you know, really have a huge role to play in terms of helping assist, really understand what are the key areas, where can, you know, robots best be implemented? How can we implement it? Um, and, you know, providing those lessons learned. So I think, uh, you know, traditionally, hospitality tends to like to wait a little bit for to adopt certain technologies. And uh, I think overall, but but now I think it's such an exciting time and really partnering, um, you know, and bridging that gap between hospitality and like Max said, these technologists, uh, I think is going to completely transform the industry for the better. Uh, and I would say my name's, you know, Mike Estes Green. So if you're you know, curious more about uh, MadeBot or just want to talk more about robots in general, uh, I love talking about robots and think about it all the time. So feel free to reach out. Brilliant. Thank you so much. And and everybody, again, thank you for your time. We really appreciate you uh, making the time to be here. I think today's conversation was super, super interesting, and I'm sure will be one that we'll have for many years to come yet. 
And I think it's only with the advancement of technology and obviously robotics, we're, we're definitely going to be seeing a lot more of this in all industries, especially ours as well. So Henry, thank you so much again for, for everything, for putting the world panel together. Fantastic. Catherine, good luck with the opening. Hope it all goes well. I'm sure you'll smash it when you finally get there. Finally. And uh, Mika, all the best with Rosie. Hopefully Rosie will have a, a friend that you can apply in other areas as well of the hotel. And Max, as always, great comments. Really appreciate you taking the time. So again, everybody, thank you. Take care. And it's, it's bye for now. Take care, guys. Thanks so much. Bye. Thanks, Andrea. Bye. bye.